You're invited to settle in with me while we navigate the trails that lead to projector fulfillment. I'm Alex Cantone, and you're listening to another self-projected transmission. projectors what to do what to do about that thing that area of life that can confuse us so much because how do we approach this realm as a projector can you guess what i'm talking about what does dating look like as a projector dating for me was never something that came natural to me. You know, when I was younger in high school and college, it felt like it was sort of easier to meet people because you were just in that environment. And I remember meeting my first boyfriend in my high school math class when I transferred my transferred classes and he just happened to be next to me. And we became friends. And from there, we just you know, started dating. Um, But did you really even date in high school? I mean, it wasn't really like taking you out on dates. It was just more like, you're my boyfriend now. At least that's how it was for me. And then in college, it was just so easy to meet people. I was going out with my friends. Everyone was meeting everyone. So it was easy to find new people to hang out with. And Finding myself in relationships wasn't something that was that hard. There was one relationship that I had in college towards the end of college that really sort of messed with my head because for the first time, it wasn't this easy, mutual, we both like each other, this is just what it is sort of innocent partnership. It was me chasing this person and wanting something out of this person that they couldn't give me. And I found myself in one of those, you know, situationships for the first time. And I was so innocent and just wanted to be loved and wanted to be in a cute little relationship. And that's not what this was. And that sort of caused me to retract back into my own shell for a while. So when I came out of college and was in the quote unquote real world and you know, walking around as an adult, suddenly it was like, hey, now you have to do this thing called dating because people in their 20s date when they're single. And, you know, there were dating apps and we're still going out to bars with friends in my early 20s. And there were just all of these kind of things around like now that you, if you're single and you're here and you're in your 20s, then the only thing that you have to do is date. Like you're, you have to do that. That's just what you're supposed to do. It's what's normal. I've always been a relationship person. So um, just being in a relationship is something that has always been something that I've wanted. But the act of finding a relationship was sort of mind boggling to me. It was like, I know I wanted to meet, you know, these, this person who was right for me and start this life that, 
you kind of perceive when you're younger. Like I remember sitting with my high school friends and we were writing predictions in this bottle. We had drank a bottle of wine together and we were like, let's write predictions for where we think we're going to be in our 20s, in our mid 20s. And we'll all open up the bottle at 25. We'll smash it open and see if the predictions are true. And we were like 19 years old, I think, when we wrote these predictions. And all of them (laughs) were somewhere along the lines of, you know, Alex is going to be married with three kids by 24 and -and so-and-so is going to be engaged and married. And it was this sort of funny thing where I don't know if it's society or conditioning from parents or just expectations or how things were in the previous generation where I just kind of assumed that I go to high school, I go to college, I get out of college, I meet my soulmate and we live happily ever after and start a family right away. And in my early 20s, when that wasn't happening, it was like, huh, what's going on here and what am I supposed to do? And I know that I feel like I want this type of life for myself, but I don't know how to go about getting it. And then there's this big elephant in the room that's like dating. And I was scared. I was really scared because I had been hurt before. I was fresh out of being feeling really hurt and feeling really rejected by someone And I had these friends around me who were just sort of going out and dating and having a good time and didn't seem to be too phased by the experience of it. But I don't know. It was just hard for me. It just felt unnatural. And while I really wanted a relationship, I wanted it to happen in a way that wouldn't require me putting myself out there and dating. So I was very convicted for quite a few years that it was just going to happen for me in the way that it was, you know, meant to happen, but under the criteria of not dating and not putting myself out there. And um I was very much holding on to hope in one sense in a way that was like, yeah, it'll happen when it happens and I feel very detached yet being like, but it can't happen under these terms and conditions. So let's just fast forward a little bit to my mid to later 20s when I'm discovering human design. And human design is absolutely blowing my mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, all of these things. Now I get it. Now it makes sense. No wonder this, no wonder that, this, that, and the other thing. And all of these areas of my life are starting to make so much sense. And I'm really exploring the energetics of the invitation and trying to figure out like, what does that mean? And to wait for the invitation, oh my gosh, ding, 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 the light bulbs go off. And suddenly I'm looking at this dating situation and this sort of objection to dating that I have. I'm like repelled from dating. And I'm like, of course that doesn't work for me. I'm a projector and I'm not meant to put myself out there. You know, I'm meant to be pursued and people are meant to come to me. So it would be unnatural for me to go onto the dating apps and do it in the way that my other friends are doing it. Meanwhile, all of my other friends are projectors and they're dating and they're like meeting their partners and all of these things. But I am just convinced, right? Because what human design can do is 
convince us to stay small in the areas that we're hiding. And I want, I was committed to hiding myself in this area of my love life. So when human design came along and was like, you need an invitation, I was like, okay, cool. Don't have to go there because that's not, you know, how it's meant to work for me. But in the back of my mind, I was still so curious about what it looked like to date as a projector and what it looked like to really more so than dating, just being in a relationship as a projector. Like what's a healthy relationship for me? And what does that mean? And what do I want? And feeling so unclear in all of those areas. So for a while, it gave me permission to get even more wrapped up in my own little bubble and not put myself out there because I figured that if someone really, really liked me and really, really wanted to be with me, that they were just going to, you know, reach in and sweep me off my feet or something silly like that. And I held on to that belief for for a while, but I still went poking around and, you know, the beginning of learning about human design In the time when I was learning it, the resources were far and few between, and it was challenging to find any in real life practical application examples of people from our generation or my generation. Um, It was really hard to find information. Instagram wasn't flooded with graphics and there weren't trainings, you know, every corner that you turned. And it just wasn't as easy to find that insight. So it was very much by the books to the point. Projectors are here to wait for the invitation in relationships and friendships and business partnerships and everything. And to me, I took that very literally. And it was this thing that allowed me to keep myself small and we have a way of tricking ourselves into doing things like that when it essentially can give us a permission slip to break free of the patterns that we've been chained to or stay really safe in them because that's where we're at at the time. So I really just took a couple of years in the beginning of my experiment. I mean, at this point, I've been single for like six years and it's not looking good. And the more time that passes between my last relationship and where I'm at, the more comfortable I am with being alone and hiding. And I look back at that period of my life as such a valuable time because I was able to really spend my 20s in myself, learning about myself, exploring around the world, and just having a good time. And it wasn't until recently that I was able to look back and really see that as a time that I was so grateful for because I experienced so much growth in my self-discovery process and didn't have the distraction of being in a relationship and perhaps getting lost in that relationship, which was very much my pattern. But once I turned 29, I started to get really antsy. And I'm sure that it was a combination of, you know, those conditioned expectations that you hear from parents. I know my family always had a lot to say around, you know, being 30 and that being this turning point of your life. And oh my gosh, if I'm not with someone, then what does that mean for me? And I think I started to sort of feel the pressure and started to ride the pressure. 
And then I was really getting to a point where my priorities were shifting and I was looking around at my life and I wasn't necessarily interested in going out and partying anymore. And I could just feel myself wanting to shift more into my home and my own little personal bubble and exploring the possibility of what would it look like to have my own family and sort of separating from this energetic childhood and moving into my adulthood and feeling like I was ready for something real. And around that time, I ended up meeting someone and it had been so long since I had even been remotely interested in being near someone that it just kind of felt like oh, there's this just spark and it's like a proximity thing and it's a mutual friend and all of these perceptions in my head that, you know, I always said I wasn't going to meet anyone on dating apps and here this person was and we met through mutual friends and it was like the perfect situation and I was basically able to avoid everything that I had been avoiding, which was putting myself out there. So it was a very appealing situation to me. And I fell really hard for this person and it was just one of those sort of electric chemistry sort of moments where you have this unexplainable thing, you know, you just feel like magnets and it just, you draw together, but there's no foundation and it was this tumultuous, hot and cold, very similar to what my last relationship had been. It was almost like there was seven, six or seven years in between the two experiences. And I picked right back up where I left off and I had just fallen right back into these patterns that I swore I would never fall back into because I had spent all this time alone and I had known better. But even though I was spending all of this time alone, I wasn't necessarily learning and evolving and growing through relationship because I wasn't allowing myself to even experience relationship again. So while I felt like I had learned so much about myself, and who I was, I really didn't know much about what I actually wanted in a relationship because I didn't give myself the opportunity to explore that through casual or serious experiences or whatever in between because I was so afraid to put myself out there and so committed to this idea that it was just going to be this like knight in shining shining armor situation where someone would just come along and sweep me off my feet and take all of my troubles away. I really wasn't looking at relationships and what I wanted and how I wanted to be treated. I was thinking about being saved and being chosen and being wanted and being loved, that it didn't matter how that came forward. As long as I felt like someone was choosing me, that was essentially the only standard that I had. And I think about that from the lens of the projector and thinking about the invitation and the energetics of the invitation and how we really need to flip the perspective to from being chosen to choosing the invitation. So often we look at the invitation and we think that it has to do with being chosen, with being picked, with being wanted, with being loved, with being seen, with being recognized. And yes, of course, it is all those things, but not healthy without the mutual choosing and wanting and liking and seeing and appreciating on your end. So when we make it one-sided, when we make it about the other choosing us, we find ourselves in these situations where we end up feeling incredibly bitter and incredibly disrespected and unseen because we're not 
actually entering into the experience because that person sees us, because we feel deeply recognized and they're meeting the standard of what we know we need and want and require. But it's sort of like choosing what's around out of desperation just because they're choosing us and being so focused on being chosen that we forget that we are a part of the equation and we are the equation. In this situation that I found myself in, essentially it was nothing that I wanted. It was the opposite of what I wanted. But I was so fixated on being chosen by this person, on turning myself into something or crafting myself in such a way that they would choose me, that at no point did I ever sit down and ask myself, do I choose them? Do I want them? It's like, oh, do they think that I'm the one for them? Are they the one for me? Is this what I really want? And adding a layer to that, am I seeing them for who they are and what's in front of me right now? Or am I riding on the coattails of the potential and possibility and hope for who they can become? Because I'm a projector who can craft them into something that will allow them to express at their maximum potential. They're not your client. They're not your passion project. It's a partnership. And just as much as they choose you, you need to choose them. And the invitation doesn't serve for you to be standing there in this line and for someone to go down the row and go, I choose that person. And then you have no agency in stepping forth and saying, well, you know what? I don't choose you because this isn't up to my standard. And this isn't what I desire. And I think when we as projectors put ourselves in this empowered lens and begin to see the invitation through this, through the eyes of this is about me being so selective about what I choose to have in my life that it actually has nothing to do with being chosen, but it has to do with me choosing what's aligned and correct for me. Then suddenly relationships and dating make so much more sense. So I hit my breaking point in this relationship. I mean, I won't even, it, in the situation that I was in. And I finally stood up for myself and said, this dynamic is not healthy for me and I can't be a part of it anymore. And that was me severing the invitation because sometimes we have to do that. And from there, I really saw this opportunity to either go back and do the same thing that I had done for six or seven years and basically hide and feel really fucking hurt and feel like I didn't get what I wanted again. Or look at that relationship and look at all of the things that I actually liked that kept me in it. And then looked at all of the things that I don't ever want to be a part of again. And I finally sat there with myself and asked me, what is my standard? What are my expectations and requirements for the invitation? For the next person who comes along. And I knew in that moment, it was so clear and it couldn't have been clear without going through what I went through because I actually put myself out there. And in this moment, I thought to myself, I think I'm going to stop looking. I think I'm going to stop thinking so hard about finding the one. And I'm just going to see what's available because there's so many people out in the world. And I'm sure it wouldn't hurt to just have a few conversations with people, you know, just a couple casual interactions. What's the worst that could happen? This isn't about being chosen by the person who asks me out on a date anymore. 
This is about me deciding if I want to continue to get to know them. And once I flipped that, suddenly it didn't feel like I was at the mercy of someone else's dating life that I just happened to be a part of. It was like, oh, I have agency. I have choice here. So really what dating is about is seeing if I want to invite the person into my aura and them too, right? They get to decide too. Is this a mutual desire for us to continue to be in space with one another, to be in, to continue to be in relationship or get to know one another, you know? So when it comes to dating as a projector, I am here to tell you that there are no rules. You can be on dating apps. You cannot be on dating apps. You can ask someone out or you can be asked out. Nothing that you do or don't do is going to like jinx the situation or set the situation up to implode. I was so focused on the rules of projector energetics that it stopped me for such a long time from actually lifting my eyes up and looking around and seeing what was out there and seeing what was in front of me. And once I stopped looking at things through the lens of who's going to choose me, who's going to come chasing after me, and looking at relationships and dating through this perspective of, I get to choose. I get to choose. It's my decision who gets access to my energy. It's my decision if I want to go on that second date. It's my decision if I want to share these details with that person. You know, we can so easily as projectors get wrapped up in the other, what they want for us, what they, what we perceive we need to be, to be liked by them. And there is nothing worse than not being yourself in situations when it comes to dating. There is nothing worse than trying to be chosen, than trying to be something for someone, than trying to figure out, are they the one? And putting all of the power in them and their choice to tell us if we are it for them. Are they it for us? We have to flip it around. And once we do that, we realize there are no rules. If you see someone and they're cute and you want to talk to them, you can talk to them. And if you want to keep talking to them, you can keep talking to them. There are no rules. There is no, this is aligned and this is misaligned and this is correct and this is incorrect. For you, it might feel really, really good to have someone make the first move. But for someone else, it might feel really good to make the first move. Personally, as a self-projector, I find myself saying the first thing often, opening up the dialogue first, making the first move, kind of setting the tone. It doesn't mean I don't love to be pursued and that I haven't been pursued in relationship, but I often find myself kind of making the first move or taking the first step or really what it is more than anything else is responding to the opening that the other person is providing, which is saying yes to the invitation. Or saying, let me explore this invitation and then decide if it's a yes for me. So you get to decide what it looks like for you. And you can throw away all of the things that you think are right or wrong about being pursued or not being pursued or making the first move or not making the first move or putting yourself out there and not putting yourself out there. 
Do what feels good for you. Do what feels natural for you and do what you are equipped and ready for in this moment. But know that no matter where you are at, when it comes to romantic relationships, it's not a matter of being chosen. It's a matter of you choosing the openings that present to you. You deciding if you want to step into that. And you determining if you want to continue exploring that. It's up to you. So take your power back. I'm Alex Cantone, and you're invited.